Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Chiefs Training Camp Report. Day 18 of full team practice has wrapped in St. Joseph, Missouri. There's only one more practice to go, and I'm sure Pete Sweeney is glad to hear that. And before I actually welcome Pete on, I want to let you guys know that there will be no Arrowhead Pride editor show today. We had some conflicts come up later in the afternoon. Uh, so no editor show this week. It'll be back next week after the Chiefs preseason game number two, preview, previewing their preseason finale and catching up on all the news. And luckily tonight, Chiefs Coast to Coast is live at 6 p.m. So they'll get you caught up on everything that you need to know. So without further ado, let me welcome in the leader of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. One day to go. One more drive to St. Joseph, Missouri. How are we feeling? Yeah, feels pretty good. And, and I got to say, Normally, when we're up here all month, it's just consecutive days of really, really hot weather. This is probably the most comfortable training camp has been altogether ever, and that is quite a feat just considering of how long it was. So enjoyed the cool weather in St. Joe this year. Yeah, it, it's been nice around the Kansas City area and, and up there. The weather's great. Um, with all the storms and stuff that we've been having, I don't really know what it says about the state of the world and everything, but nice to have a few cool days uh, during Chiefs training camp. Uh, not practicing on Wednesday, defensive tackle Chris Jones, yet to report. Um, obviously, you'll know as soon as we do if the Chiefs work out a long-term deal with him. Cornerback Nick Jones, uh, also out of practice. Wide receiver Nico Remigio, also out. Cornerback Legarius Sneak, Kadarius Tony, Turgon Warden. Yeah, you doing okay there, Pete? Getting a, getting a little loud, loud here in the background. Uh, also, offensive lineman Nick Allegretti left practice early with a shoulder injury. But other than that, wide receiver Justin Ross was back on the field and looked pretty good in today's practice. So what were the uh, takeaways from Wednesday's session? Yeah, I think the injury bug has kind of caught the Chiefs a little bit here, and you're hoping it isn't it isn't significant injuries. You're hoping that it's not key players for the Chiefs. I I continue to wonder about Lejarius Sneed. I continue to wonder about Turk Wharton, but they haven't been placed on any lists at, at this point. But you never want to have players out for this long and the knee being mentioned. We we know that it's been a swelling issue for Lejarius Sneed. Turk Wharton had been on the field after you know, repair of his ACL, and it's a little alarming that he still hasn't retaken the field. I, I believe it's been about four or five practice days, the game included. Isaiah Pacheco continues to look pretty good, and then we just will end up seeing about Chris Jones and Nico Remigio, and obviously there's a, a couple of other guys here. But, yeah, good to see both Justin Ross and Amir Smith-Marset back on the field today after some scares yesterday. So I, I want to ask you a little bit about Pacheco and, and Turk Wharton, uh, but first sticking with the wide receivers, obviously. So Ross had a touchdown catch today after leaving early, obviously huge sigh of relief for the Kansas City Chiefs fan base. But I, I think the guy that maybe after the first preseason game, we should be talking about a little bit more. And I know Justin Ross is the hype train player from this training camp and everybody wants to see him succeed. It's a great story across the NFL. If he finds a way to have an impact this season for the Chiefs, but uh, rookie wide receiver Rasheed Rice got some work with the ones in the Chiefs first preseason action and then he was also in the mix on Wednesday catching a touchdown during practice left the field for a little bit headed to the medical tent but then came back out was back on the field seems fine I feel like 
We're kind of overlooking Rasheed Rice for the Justin Ross hype right now when Rice is getting more looks with the first team. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to sound like a little bit of a hater here because I know everyone who listens to this knows that I, I didn't really feel like Justin Ross would be the, on the team ahead of camp. I, I had to see that, A, he would be a part of the first team offense, and we have had seen him take snaps with Patrick Mahomes and B, stay healthy. But I, I think what I'm seeing now, and you just have Jody Fortson go on IR this week, I think the Chiefs really like him as this red zone threat. You know, you look at the 6'4", Jody Fortson, you have the 6'4", Justin Ross, and yeah, he's a little bit, I guess, less weight, I think 10, 15 pounds, but still, it's going to provide that big target that can go up and get it for you in the red zone. You know, you see him in the middle of the field, and I, I feel like these guys that are playing defensive back for the Chiefs, have been able to have pretty good coverage on Ross, and I just don't know about that separation. Maybe he grows into that, right? This is still his first football action in a couple years here, so we'll see about Ross. I certainly feel like he's going to have a role on this team, but I think maybe it's more in that red zone forcing role, whereas I think Rasheed Rice maybe should be getting more attention than a Justin Ross. A, this was a guy that was actually taken in the NFL draft on day two, and and B, I think what you saw in the preseason game is kind of what the Chiefs have been being especially recently in training camp. This is a, a receiver that is a little bit atypical in the fact that I think there are some promising signs that he could contribute in year one. I think he feels right now a little bit further along than potentially Sky Moore did his first year. I think Sky has looked great now in his second year, but I'm talking about Sky last year versus Rasheed Rice this year. I'm pretty optimistic about a, a potential role for Rasheed Rice. He does look to have an an understanding of the playbook. That's something that I asked him the other day. He feels pretty good about it, which is, I think, further along than uh, some rookies can say. He's been asking veterans for help, and I, I think you saw it in the game. I mean, he has just the look and feel of an NFL receiver who's going to be productive, and I, I wonder if he bucks that trend of the first-year receiver in Andy Reid's offense not really being able to be all that productive. I, I'm, I'm optimistic on Rice. Yeah, and you mentioned it about the Chiefs rookie wide receivers, and we know they're going to start him out slow, but if he makes an impact when he is on the field for the Chiefs, especially while they're trying to get Kadarius Toney on the field, he could find a, a way into a significant amount of playing time early in his Kansas City Chiefs career. And I think what I liked that we saw from him in the preseason game was how they were utilizing him on the wide receiver screen because you noticed it as soon as he caught the ball, like, He's big, but he's got more speed than you think. And he's going to be a tough guy to bring down. And we know the Chiefs love those wide receiver screens. So that that's an yeah. easy way for them to get him on the field early on. We've seen two receivers in what you would describe as the like McCole Hardman type of role in St. Joe. And it's been Sky Moore. He, he would typically get some of those first snaps where you know, you're seeing the pre-snap motion and the end arounds. But then... They've also done some of that stuff with Rasheed Rice, and you wonder if maybe he can be that role player. Bigger size than McCole Hardman. Certainly, I, I think uh, there's more optimism for him being this downfield receiver, I think maybe more than Cole was ever able to do in Kansas City. Uh, but I just think it's interesting that there have been two players that they're really leaning into, and one of them is Sky Moore, and, and the other is Rasheed Rice. And – I'm, you mentioned uh, running back Isaiah Pacheco. We haven't talked about him a, a ton just because he's still all throughout training camp, but in that non-contact jersey and, and not heavily involved, but getting in a, a few reps here and there. I think 
We're still three weeks away from the start of the regular season for the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Chiefs have been nothing but optimistic about him being ready to go week one. But when do we need to start worrying uh, about that, about whether or not he's going to be available for them? Because we talked a month ago, he oh, it sounds like he's going to be ready. He's going to be fine. He's going to be good to go. And now a month later, he has still not shed that non-contact jersey. Well, I, I just think he's just moving well, and I think the Chiefs are, are being overcautious with this. I, I know that there has been a story out there with the Tony situation where there's a quote where organizationally that they think that Tony will be ready for week one. Well, maybe, but this is also an organization that has showed us over the years that they're going to be more cautious than just throwing a guy back in, into the fire. And I, I think you're seeing that with Pacheco. I, I have full confidence that Pacheco would be fine going in a full contact practice today based upon what I've seen. I think they're making sure they take the extra week, weeks, plural, just to make sure that he's okay to go. And there had been a date out there, I believe it was James Palmer of NFL Network, found out that August 20th was the date they were eyeing, which makes sense. That would be the first few practices after that second preseason game. I don't think Isaiah Pacheco really needs any preseason snaps. He may end up getting none here. But I, I bet that once we get back to Kansas City next week, again, that'll be after the preseason game on Monday, I highly doubt that'll still be in that yellow non-contact jersey. And we already mentioned Tershawn Wharton was out of practice again today. And with no Chris Jones, the interior of that defensive line might be a problem for the Chiefs in the early season, assuming they don't get something figured out and get Chris Jones well, back in the mix there. And yeah, they activated Tershawn Wharton off the pup, but then he's kind of been missing practice the last few days. Yeah, as you'll listen to in our conversation with Joe Cullen, I, I believe you're going to put that on from the podium, Steve. I, I do ask about Dickerson, and I do ask about Wise. And Joe Cullen, I think his sentence was about three seconds long. I mean, you could time it yourself when you play the podcast. Uh, I think he was trying to just be optimistic about how they've been doing behind him, but it's a significant loss if if you end up not having Chris Jones for any period of time. Cullen later in the conversation was asked about Jones specifically, and he said that he thinks that he was maybe the best defensive player in the league last year, if not one of the best. And I, I think he's making it pretty clear that Chiefs are ready to have Jones back. Welcome, we'll welcome him once all this business stuff is figured out. The Cullen has been in touch with Jones, and I don't know. It gave me a slight glimmer of hope that maybe we shouldn't worry about any regular season time. But you know, it's not done until it's done. Uh, but they are—they would miss Jones significantly just because not only the player that he is, but behind him, like I—I I believe that Derek Nottie's a solid player. I, I believe Kirk Wharton's a solid player. Wise and Dickerson, they're doing what they can, but none of these guys come close to what Chris Jones provides. And that's why he has a little bit of leverage in this thing. And you see the stalemate continue. Yeah, I, I'm still a believer that Chris Jones is just trolling at this point and they're going to get a long-term deal done. And, and really, as our contributor at Arrowhead Pride, Jared Sapp, has pointed out, the Chiefs, as of right now, don't have enough cap space to finalize their 53-man roster, so they really have to figure something out. And if it's not through a Jones extension, some of those decisions get pretty tough before they can finalize their initial 53-man roster. So hopefully we have an answer uh, on that here in the next uh, week or so, I think would be ideal uh, ahead of the regular season. And you mentioned if you're listening to us on the podcast page, make sure you stick around. It was assistant coach day, so we got a lot 
Uh, Pete already mentioned Joe Cole, and we also heard from Dave Tobe, Andy Heck, Tom Melvin, Dave Merritt, Connor Embry, and Assistant General Manager Mike Borgonzi. But final thing for me, Pete, before we get out of here, Final training camp practice tomorrow, heading into camp. We talked about all of these questions heading into the regular season for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now that we're through training camp, basically, we know tomorrow's going to be a light day ahead of an off day and their preseason game on Saturday. How are you feeling after watching this team practice for the last month? Yeah, it's been fun. I mean, we can go through every position. I think quarterback Bouchelles looked better than I imagined. I, I wonder what the Chiefs do there just because I, I think we saw in last game what Bouchelle's capable of. And, you know, at a certain point, you have him around for so long. Is, is he going to get a fair shake at, at the QB2? Not, I, I don't know. So we'll see. Of course, you don't suck anything about Patrick Mahomes. We know what he is. Running back position, I've been a little bit pleasantly surprised at, at the way that Daenerys Prince was playing in camp. Now, you know, we've talked about how it seems like LaMichael Pirine is, is getting some looks here after the first preseason game. I, I still think Prince is on this roster. Fighter was a lair. It has been surprising just how much time he's gotten. But I think a lot of that just has to do with Pacheco not being available. Wide receiver, I, I think the Chiefs are, are deeper there than I came into camp. I, I came into camp thinking there would be no way that they would keep seven receivers. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to keep seven receivers. And Justin Ross and his ability to actually stay on the field, even I think even yesterday with a bump and a bruise and to come back and still be able to practice today, I think is a good thing. And I think it's, you know, we talk about running back by committee so often in the NFL. This might be one of those wide receiver by committee situations where maybe it is a different guy stepping up in that room each week, be it uh, even a Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Sky Moore, uh, Justin Watson, Justin Ross, Richie James, of course, is now wide open on the radar. Tight end. I think Matt Bushman has a chance just because Jody Fortson's no longer uh, going to be able to play for the Chiefs this year. He, he's on injured reserve, I, and I, I just feel like uh, Bushman has shown enough with his catch catching ability in camp. Uh, if anything, he'll be on the practice squad. I I like uh, the Chiefs to start Week One with the the usual three: Kelsey, Gray, and, and Bell. And I I bet you that Gray's role expands this year. Uh, offensive line, it, it seems like the swing tackle position is the only position available. We know that Nick Allegretti is going to be that guy behind them inside and you know we'll end up seeing who wins out I, I think it's still up for grabs Wanye Morris did not have a good preseason game whereas Prince Teguanogo and Lucas Niang did and I suddenly think that's open again so it remains to be seen uh, what the Chiefs do there uh, on the other side of the football it, it's it's been very apparent how much Chiefs have Chris Jones he just is a, a force inside and I think just based upon some of the lack of depth that you have at the edge position, meaning like elite depth, I just feel like Chris Jones just arriving back to the team, that's going to be so important. Linebacker is as, as deep as any position on the roster. I think Drew Tranquil is a, a tremendous ad. He's already playing all three positions. The fact that he can call plays uh, was a, a nice uh, development here uh, in, in Kansas City and St. Joe. Just the fact that Bolton missed a practice and they ended up turning to Drew Tranquil, not Willie Gay or or someone that's been here before to, to call the plays, I think was a great ad. And look, that's the fourth linebacker in the room. So you're feeling pretty good uh, about that position. Defensive backs, it, it, it was tough to lose Nazi Johnson. I think he could have pushed uh, for starting time. I, talking to Dave Merritt today, you can tell that they really want Jalen Watson or Joshua Williams to step up. And even, you know, one year and change later, they don't know who the third cornerback is. You'd like to see LeJarius Sneed on the field. He missed most of camp, which I, I think 
we've talked about already, but not not a great sign. Trent McDuffie is going to be that slot guy, though. Once Legereus Seed arrives here, it's going to be uh, Legereus. Hopefully, he's okay, and you get you get Legereus uh, or Sneed Island, if you want to say Trent McDuffie on the inside, and then. Chiefs are, are using these next two preseason games. They would like it to be Watson or Williams. They don't want to do this rotation anymore. I confirmed that today. So we'll see who can win out uh, in that room. Uh, the kickers, Steve, they're, they're the same. <laughs> There's going to be no change uh, with the specialists. So hopefully that gives you some insight into maybe what we've learned over the past month of training camp. That was a full roster breakdown from Pete Sweeney off the top of his head. That's a, no that's a guy. No notes. That no, is no. that is a man who has been grinding St. Joe training camp practices. And we hope to get some more answers on Saturday night when the Chiefs travel to Arizona to take on the Cardinals for preseason game number two. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we do on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Follow all our training camp coverage at arrowheadpride.com. Follow Pete on Twitter at PGSween. Uh, reminder, no editor's show today. It will be back next week. Pete and John will be back next week. They'll catch you up on all the news and everything that you need to know about the Kansas City Chiefs. And Chiefs Coast to Coast will be live at 6 p.m. this evening, so make sure you check those guys out. Aaron and Mark do a fantastic job. One more practice to go. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Hello. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. I am Steven Serta. It was assistant coach day on Wednesday. We heard from special teams coordinator Dave Tobe, offensive line coach Andy Heck, tight ends coach Tom Melvin, defensive backs coach Dave Merritt, defensive line coach Joe Colon, wide receivers coach Connor Embry, and assistant general manager Mike Borgonzi. We'll go in that order, starting with special teams coordinator Dave Tobe. Go ahead, fire away. The game the other day, the game in New Orleans. Yeah, I... Uh... Uh, everybody played. That was a, that was the thing. I mean, that's one of the important things in that first game. Coach wants everybody to play, so you've seen a lot of a lot of bodies. Like you've seen, like we had four different teams on going every time, and uh, uh, everybody played. So we were happy with that. Uh, the effort was excellent. You know, I thought the guys played extremely hard. Uh, there's in the return game. I like to see Prince get some more. I mean, we we left the guy unblocked in the first one, and he got. Got hit on that one, then it kind of kicked away from him on the other one, coming back across the field. So I still want to see him. You know, I want to see him get some more next week. Uh, James, I thought, did a great job, you know, on in, in his kick return. Didn't get any opportunities on punt return with the ones, but hopefully we'll get something this week. Uh, other than that, I mean, I like Nick Jones. I thought showed up, did a good job. He hurt his hand, obviously, but he'll be back. Um, other guys like uh, Anthony Cook did a nice job. Number 47 showed up. Uh, these are some new faces. Uh, uh, Cam Jones, number 44, did a nice job. Um, but you know, I, I just think our ones, you know, they uh, came out a little bit sluggish. I'm talking about my ones as well. And, uh, you know, we need to have a better showing this week. Hey, Dave, Arizona, you guys have had a No, we don't change anything. I, I think they're going to have, you know, there's so much talk and so much focus on the field. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to have that. You know, in pretty good shape. They've been they've been playing on it, and I haven't heard, you know, anything negative really. So I mean, we, we don't we haven't had a kickoff in the regular season yet. It looks like everyone's returning kicks. Yeah. In the preseason, this is the time to do that. That's right. Any guess yet what's going to happen in the regular season? Uh, I think there's going to be there's going to be more fair catches on those high kicks for sure. Uh, I think you have to, you know, you have to play the analytic game, and if you want to help your team get them out to the 25 and 
automatically. You know, with the, you still have to make the fair catch and you have to block everybody up. I mean, they're going to be coming down the field and, and coming hard. If we bobble it, I mean, it's you know, you, you, you're taking a chance there. So, but uh, yeah, I think there'll be more fair catches for sure. Um, I think there'll be more squib kicks though too. At the same time, uh, you've seen uh, Saints working on that against us, and you know we didn't handle it great. You know, uh, 82 back there kind of, uh, you know, didn't, didn't pick it up cleanly. So uh, you'll see t- you'll see more squibs. You'll see uh, more fair catches. I think for sure, no question. You mentioned that. Is that something you want to do too? I know you had a high kick the other day too. Yeah, I mean we're we're working on uh, you know Bucker's high kick down to the goal line. We know guys you know want to return. I'm I'm trying to evaluate our kickoff team right now, and we know that teams aren't going to fair catch it now. And the best thing to do is hit, kick a high kick down to the goal line, so you can you know, create hang time to let your guys get down the field to be able to cover. So that's why we did it. Uh, we'll do that during the season as well. Um, rather than just, you know, Bucker can bang a touchback pretty much any time he wants. But now you want to try to make him make a play at least if they want to get the ball at 25. Make him kick it high. Or we'll kick it high and make him make a fair catch. And uh, you know, they're still going to go and get it at the 25, just like you would do if you were kicking a touchback. So it's something that you know we're looking at uh, for sure. There's an uptick in school kicks. Isn't there a case that maybe that's potentially more dangerous? Yeah, there is. I mean, that's 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 the decision that was made. I mean, is they put the rule in and. Uh, you know, we told them what, what teams are going to do. There's, there's going to be more squibs. If you want to force a team to return the ball, you have to squib it. You know, because you, you, if you can kick a high one, they're going to they can fair catch it and get it out to the 25. So. Uh, okay, thanks, All right, thanks, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Creed came in here, had a strong camp when he was a rookie. I'm sure there's areas that he's improved on since then. What, what are some of those areas, and what are the areas maybe where he has to uh, yeah, uh, Creed, I mean, as, as you mentioned, was kind of a ready-made center when he came in, and that was one of the reasons he was able to step in and do such a great job from the start. I mean, he operated like a veteran. So now a few years later, uh, the things that you see that are improved are just familiarity with the offense, the calls, much more second nature. He sees defenses, which he's always been excellent at, but he's seeing them that much better. Um, and then, you know, areas to improve, we all got them. And with Creed, you know, as a, an all-pro center, uh, consistency, uh, you know, and I'd say that's one of his strengths. He's consistent, but he can be that much more consistent, you know, uh, whether it's his base in the pocket, his helps, uh, getting guys off of his body so he can switch off stunts. These are all things he works on. Yeah, uh, really pleased to have both Donovan and Juwan here. Uh, they're talented tackles. They're experienced, and uh, in terms of how they've uh, fit in and, and adapted, I think very well. I mean, they're integrated right into our room. We've got a great room. Uh, the guys communicate well. Uh, they like each other. They like being around each other. Um, they've, uh, in their own way, asserted themselves as leaders. Um, Donovan is a vocal guy, uh, a physical guy, and we can, you know, draw a lot from his experience there. He's been a very rugged player over his career. Juwan, very talented, uh, does a nice job in pass protection, and so I'm super pleased with those guys. Like Creed, except he was a veteran when he got. What, what areas has he improved in, and what would you like to see from him this year? 
Yeah. Uh, you know, I would say similarly about Joe as a top-notch player, perhaps one of the best pass protectors in this league. Um, he's that much more familiar with what it is we're trying to do. You know, so much of what we do uh, when you talk about the run game or mixing our offense formationally uh, is little details. And so there's a thousand of them that you can't get in one install. And it just takes rep after rep to pick up all these little details and nuances. Super sharp guy, so he's going to, you know, he's not going to make many mistakes. And if he does, he's not going to make them twice. Uh, and then, you know, Joe, as a, you know, I'd say smaller guard in this league, you know, uh, to be more effective in the run game, playing with pad level, uh, proper pad level, and being more explosive there. Those are things he's working on. You like had a couple well, you could just talk about the QBC the other day, what you saw on that, and just Yeah, generally when those plays work, uh, and they work at a very high rate, uh, it's because your interior three are underneath their D tackles, and we didn't get that done. So that's something that we've got to get better at. Have an opening at, as a swing tackle position. Kanye, Lucas, Ransom, for sure. How have you evaluated that role? Yeah, they've been. I've been trying to, you know, get them uh, uh, equal amount of work right and left. Uh, if you're going to be that swing tackle, you know, you got to be comfortable on both sides. Uh, and it's been very good competition. Uh, I like the way all three men have worked. Uh, they've got different things that they're working on. Uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll continue to evaluate that as we go through camp with a similar rotation. Can you evaluate what you want to Yeah. Uh, I, I would say all of us, not just Juwan, all of us are still working on uh, coordinating all of our efforts. You, our angles have to be so precise and in tune with what the back's doing, what the guy next to you is doing, front side versus back side, and there's a lot to it. And, uh, you know, similar to when we brought a new group together several years ago, uh, that's a work in progress. Uh, on the sneak, you, know, you guys ran it different. I mean, we, don't, we haven't seen Andy doesn't want to run it with Patrick, but you guys had Blake try to run it. People have talked about how Philly runs it and they push from behind. There's been some discussion about that league-wide. Just what are your thoughts about the, the, the kind of pushing scrum and whether that should kind of continue in the league, the way Philly uh, I don't have an opinion as to whether or not it should continue. It's part of the game right now, um, and uh, Philly does an outstanding job with it. Uh, but I would stand by, you know, the thought that whether you're pushing from behind or not, your interior three got to get lower than theirs. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Coach. Thank you. Hey, Coach, especially with, particularly with Noah Gray, just how have you seen him develop as just – it seems like a little bit more confident. Well, sure. It's uh, every you know every year you're going to get a year better, and he's got uh, a lot of it, um, a lot of playing time. So he's done a great job uh, because we move him around all the different positions we have as far as uh, the formations are concerned, and he's able to handle all of those. He's a really smart, instinctual kid, and he's got better at <clears throat> knowing what he's doing perfecting that, knowing what the defense is doing, and now in his third year he's starting to uh, set things up, and that's kind of the progression you look for. And he's doing a real good job in camp right now with that. Um, 
important down the field with that position, obviously, whether it's attached to the offensive line or obviously spread out? Well, I think that's the biggest part, that no, you're not just in a, in a slot. Then we started getting, uh, we'd, we'd go with, uh, you know, the speed trips where Travis is by himself. That was a big change from West Coast. That wasn't part of that, uh, to where he's isolated. Um, and then now I think that with the movements and shifts that you have with him in the backfield and with, you know, moving him uh, all over the formation, that's kind of, you just do more with those guys than normally you would do with, with wide receivers, and it, it has to do with his ability to handle it. I guess how fun is that for you, given that it's not a traditional part of it? Well, yeah, it keeps expanding for me. I have to you know, talk to the wide receiver coaches now about being the individual receiver out there, how that differs. Uh, from being in the slot number three or number two. So, yeah, it, it's it's helped me expand as far as what I'm doing and how much technique I have to work with, uh, work with them on in the different, uh, um, you know, uh, coaching points and, and scouting reports that we have to give for those guys. So it challenges me, but then them too. So, you know, they have to get a, a bigger picture of what's going on. And that's helped us all along, everybody, just knowing more and more about what everybody's doing, and we have to do it not just how that's going to set me up or how I can set the route up. I might be out there too, so it's really it's expanded a lot of what we have to cover each day in our room. In that same vein, is there to a point that offenses have changed so much, defenses have adapted to it that now there's a schematic advantage to having multiple tight ends? Because you had a period yesterday that was all. Is there a point now where that's maybe a schematic advantage for you guys? Well, it's a cyclical league, so you're, you're, you always see, you know, you get trends, so the offense does, and the defense catches up. And now, you know, the defense's traditional coverages you rarely see anymore. I mean, they're multiple. They have combination coverages to where, uh, you know, they're trying to call versus where your guys are and match up a coverage with that. Uh, so it, the challenge is always going to be, you know, coach says, keep it fresh. We're always doing something new because so is the defense. They're catching up and it becomes just a matchup. And if you can't just win on matchup, now you have to come up with something different or make them have to think, challenge them on, on making an adjustment. And that's kind of the cat and mouse game that you play all the time. How have you seen Noah Gray grow uh, in his years here so far? Well, he got pressed last year into being uh, more of our, our uh, Y tight end. Uh, which is a little bit more blocking scheme, and that's not what we, you know, he was doing in college. Uh, when Blake got hurt in the, the preseason game, that put him in that position. He did a phenomenal job uh, getting in there, playing a lot more physical in in the paint, as we would say, you know, blocking inside. And he did a great job with that. Add that to what he's done when you split him out, or when he's running routes versus not just linebackers. Now he's out on safety, so. Uh, for him, that helped him because now he's got a you know, broader picture on what he can do, and we can do more with him. And that's kind of what Coach looks for is what, do you, what you do well, well, I'm going to take advantage of that, and let's see what we can come up with to, to utilize that. So long, you know, probably as long as anyone coaching. Are you amazed by, like, how he just never seems to slow down and continues to have this, this drive? And you got any fun stories about in the offseason when he doesn't seem to take any days off? I do, but I can't share them with you. Uh, but 
No, he's he he is uh, phenomenal with 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 his life energy. I mean, that's just um, constantly going. He's somebody he can survive on not a lot of sleep. I I can't uh, I can't do that with the way he is. But um, you know, he's a brilliant man, and he, he he's curious about things, and it's not just football. So it's all parts of life, and you know, just a great human being, and. Uh, you know, he's not going to be bored at anything that he chooses to do. He, he finds a way to get, uh, you know, involved in it and well-rounded in, in all aspects of life. So I've been very fortunate to be with him since 82 when he was my position coach. So it's been a little while. Thanks, everybody. All right, guys. Last year you had the five. You don't have as many defensive backs this year. But what do you like about your young guys you have this year? Uh, you know, when you go into a new season and you're looking at the group that you had last year, that group has changed. I really haven't used the Fab Five name as much this year, of course, because all these guys are now going into their sophomore year. But the new guys that we have, Shamari Chalmers, I mean, he, he has done a great job. Um, we're using him as far as in a couple of different spots, whether it's nickel, whether it's dime, whether it's safety. Um, so he's done a great job. And then, of course, Nick Jones, um, who came in, who's a quick twitch athlete, has done a good job for us as well, playing in the slot. And so um, this new group, um, stepping up, Echo, young guy that's outside out of K-State, uh, Khalif, another young guy that's outside, is doing a great job. And so fresh blood is in the room, and so it's been good. How is Jerry skating not necessarily being on the field? Oh, he's been in every meeting. So um, Snead has done a great job of being in every meeting, every walkthrough that we have. And so um, mentally he's staying involved and staying on top of what the calls are and what the scheme um, is telling him that he's going to have to do when he comes back. You guys have rotated Jalen and Joshua you know, here. Are you guys seeking eventually to have one of these guys step up and be or do you like what you have in the rotation? Why would that be? Hope so. Hope so. I hope one of the guys step up and take the job. And until the consistency is um, shown on a day-to-day basis, which is one of the things that the young guys have to learn in the NFL, is um, you know every day you wake up, every day you step on the field, you have to prove that you belong. And so until one of them step up and take the job, right now we will continue to rotate them. And so um, hopefully um, that will iron itself out over the next two weeks. Yeah, Trent is um, is he's smart, a smooth athlete, a guy who is not a repeat offender. So if Trent makes a mistake once, it's not too often that he's going to have that same mistake that's going to show up. And so that's just one of the things that Trent brings to the table is the fact that he's able to comprehend what you're trying to teach, uh, and then go out and actually perform it. And so, but um, I like where he is, and he's played a lot outside as well. And so he's he's progressing. The way I would like to see him progress. Can you, can you just evaluate Joshua and Jalen just their camps? I mean, just like I just said, I mean, they're both fighting for a position. And so, really, the evaluation is just ongoing sophomore year, always after a Super Bowl. Um, there's always possibly the talk of a guy having a sophomore slump or, or a second year slump, where these guys are not only second year players, um, they're also coming off of a big win. And so, as far as, you know, possibly reading the papers a little bit in the offseason and coming into camp and and maybe, you know, needing to lock in a little, little better. And so I think these guys are get to the point where they can just kind of 
you know, go and be themselves and show the skill set that they have to be able to help us win. And like I said, hopefully one of the guys will emerge as a starter. Ryan Cook should uh, get a lot more playing time, obviously, this year. Yeah. Is he ready for that? Is he showing you everything you, you want from him in practice? Cook has done a great job. He's a vocal guy, high-energy guy. Um, one of the things that we've been working on is basically an understanding splits and formations and understanding that as a post-safety, as a strong safety, you have to understand if you're ever in the center of the field, you have to make sure you and the quarterback are battling one another. And so um, just getting him to where he understands the splits and understand where help is needed, um, he's gradually getting there. But he's doing a good job. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Colin, D-line coach, great to see everybody here. And uh, with that, I'll open it up for questions. I tell you, he, he's, he's really progressing every day. You know, you, Felix is one of the younger guys in the draft. He's 21, but he really he had 34 snaps the other night. He had some really good pressure, a couple of hits on the quarterback. He's playing the run better. He's just going like that every day. Joe, what are your expectations for him? I think we got to get him ready to play, and I think he's really going to help us. I think he'll be in the rotation. Uh, he's a good pass rusher, but he also can play uh, the run well, and uh, he'll work his way into a rotation. He's in better shape. Danny's lighter. He's moving quicker, and it showed in the game. Uh, he had a couple tackles. He had a sack, and uh, Danny hasn't missed a rep at all in, in the preseason, so uh, that's helped him out. What does next bit of time be like for Charles? He's not going to get to play in the first six games, but he can give you everything you want up here. How do you try to make sure that you have the other guys ready to those first month and a half or so. Well, that's a really good question. I mean, we knew Charles was going to be suspended, uh, and you have to balance that. You have to give him the work here, and he has to stay in great shape, but then you have to start getting ready for our uh, first opponent, Detroit, and getting those guys that are going to be playing more of the reps. There were a lot of chances in the game tonight, but what did you think of your pass rush with the first group in there? Well, there was a couple opportunities on the, that third and eight. I thought we had a decent pressure, but we had to collapse the pocket. And uh, there was a third and three in there. We had to, uh, I'd like to get off the field with the rush. So we got to improve there. Deion Chris looks like he's missing White Wise and Dickerson. What have you seen from the tackle position over the past month? Yeah, you know, those, there's, there's three guys in there, Chris Williams, you know, Matt and, and Daniel. They've been working hard and grinding it out, just giving them the opportunity. A couple more. We know you, you coach who's here, right? I mean, Chris is not here right now. He talked so much about how much you helped him last year. What's this defense if you don't have him for a while? I mean, how much of a hole is that for you? Well, I would say this, Chris, in my opinion, was as good, if not the best defensive player in the league last year. And uh, I do stay in touch with Chris. I'm, I was expecting a million questions on Chris. And uh, Chris is working hard. And, uh, you know, we'll welcome him with open arms when he gets back here. What do you hear from him? <laughs> well, just... Like I said, I, I talked to him about him staying in shape, and you know, eventually this thing will get done, and he'll be back here in camp, uh, back here at practice and leading us. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Watson or Ross? Ross. I just wanted to see him play hard. So play hard, go out, have fun. Um, it was his, I think, first action in two years. So. I just exactly that, play hard and have fun. And I thought he did that, so. How has how, how Rasheed kind of in, got himself in flow here with the guys? 
Uh, he's been good. He's been working hard. Uh, you know, he came in in rookie camp and got to kind of learn how we do stuff. And then, you know, over the summer, I thought he did a good job of getting in better shape. And, you know, he came back in good shape. And then he's just been working hard all training camp and been very coachable. So I like I like where he's at. I think he got I, he worked a little bit before he even got drafted with Patrick down in Texas. Mm-hmm. So did he come in maybe a little more than maybe some rookies would? Yeah, yeah. That? He knew kind of some of our routes, some of uh, kind of how we call some stuff. But other than that, I mean, he was he was a rookie. So he might add a little step up, but not too much. Uh, that's one thing. I think we have a good group. We have a good uh, vet group of dudes that have done it before, that's been other places. Um, so it's kind of by committee, you know. All of them kind of chime in and try to help each other out. I think uh, that's something special about the group we have. For players who are new to this offense, new to this system, what's the biggest learning curve? Um, probably just the way we practice. Like, there's no days off. There's no easy days. We're just – it's not like other places around the league where – you know, you might be a 10-year vet and get a day off here and there. It's like if you're healthy, you're going, and we're going hard and long. So, What are you challenging Sky Moore to, to do for the team this year? Uh, I think Sky, just he just needs to be him. I think if he's just Sky, that's will be good for our team. And um, obviously he'll probably have a bigger role this year, being year two. You know, also not making rookie mistakes and doing stuff like that. But other than that, I mean, it's up to him, and I expect a lot from him. Last one. With Richie James, what have you kind of learned about him, and especially as far as, you know, what kind of role fits in that? Mm-hmm. I, ha- uh, I actually have known Richie for a while. He was out at San Fran, and I actually uh, got to work with him for a little out there. But, you know, he he's a true vet. He he knows what to do ever, ever since day one. He's been in here. He picked up the playbook real fast, and then if you tell him something once, he's not going to make the same mistake. So I like it. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Good to see everybody. Um, yeah, it was good to get a, a preseason game underway last week to, to evaluate these guys in, in uh, game-like conditions. Um, you know, I think the uh, competition has been great so far at camp. You know, it's a credit to our entire personnel department for – you know, the work that they've done to kind of bring in this talent and, and competition here to camp. Um, as the roster sits right now, we have 37 new players on the roster that weren't with us either on the active practice squad or reserve last year. Uh, so with that, that's, you know, new competition at, uh, at position groups. It's new relationships and trust that need to be developed. Um, that's why I think being up here at training camp is so important. Coach always talks about laying that foundation. And, uh, you know, it's important for these, these new guys here, you know, free agents that we brought in just to get – acclimated to our culture, the way we practice, uh, pick up on our system. Um, and now that these preseason games have kind of ramped up here, our pro department is going to be working hard here to evaluate these other 31 teams and, um, you know, assess their team needs, uh, surplus in certain positions. But, um, you know, I think our mindset here is we're going to stay aggressive. We're going to evaluate these next few weeks with our roster. We're going to evaluate the entire league. Um, and we're going to add value to where we feel we need to. We're trying to get the best 53-man and 16-man practice squad uh, heading into uh, the first game here. So, you know, excited to get the second preseason game underway, another chance to evaluate these guys in in game conditions. Uh, So with that, I'll open it up.
Yeah, so our pro department, you know, headed up by Tim Terry, they do a great job. Every scout's assigned a team. Um, and, you know, we, we kind of evaluate our roster and seeing where we might need upgrade on the 53 or practice squad. Uh, so these guys will go through a process of identifying those players and then bring them to uh, Veach, myself, Mike Bradway. Um, and then we go through the process the next couple of weeks of just kind of evaluating. It's almost like a draft board. These, these guys get spit out onto an electronic board, and it's a ranking, and we start to rank them, you know, guys that we might want to claim, um, you know, trade for, uh, practice squad transactions heading into the season. So, you know, we've kind of had this, this formula here for the last 10 years, um, and it's worked out. Wide receivers you have. Yeah, it's a deep group. I think, yeah. I think the competition's been great with all those guys. There's some young guys, uh, you know, trying to figure out their way, you know, figure out the system. There's a ton of volume that gets thrown at these guys throughout training camp. Um, and, and the goal is, you know, to, to, to get down the playbook and then play fast. Um, you know, so guys like Sky in his second year, I think you see him out here playing a lot faster. Uh, guys like, you know, Rasheed. Um, you know, he's working through it, um, and he made a couple of plays here in the preseason game. So that's what we try to do. We want to stack these days with these young guys to build some confidence in the group. Given that Canaries has missed all camp and stuff to this point, what are your expectations for him when he comes back? You know, we'll, we'll just see how he is health-wise. I mean, Rick will get with him and, and coach and uh, kind of see where he is health-wise. Uh, we want to make sure he's 100%. Um, you know, we want to make sure he's, he's there for the, for the games and, you know, we know what he brings to the table. It's his playmaking ability. Um, so, you know, we're not going to rush it. You know, I don't think we have any expectations right now. We're just going to, you know, take it day by day and see how he is. So we go. The As soon as we start to identify players, you know, we'll have our, our pro department and, and we reach out to teams that we have relationships with uh, to try to figure out, you know, what they might need, uh, what they have to surplus. Uh, so some of those conversations are starting now. Yeah. With the, uh, the new cut down, everyone's getting cut once, cut late. You guys haven't been through this before. Do you, do you like the idea of how it's going to work this year? Yeah, we, we have actually had it a couple of times in the past. Um, I think COVID might have been one of them, but... But, yeah, I mean, it gives us an opportunity to uh, another, you know, week to evaluate these guys that, you know, where we had to move on from before. But m maybe they, you know, show something in practice for these preseason games. So I, I think it's good for everybody. You know, there wasn't a lot of movement in the GM market last year. But, you know, it certainly seems like there's at least a trend towards different paths to that job of getting younger. You, I mean, I know you've been in finance. You've been on the scouting side, the personnel yeah. side. How does all that make you? Yeah, I mean, I think everybody kind of has a unique path to where they're at in their job right now. Um, you know, I've, I've gone through, you know, I've coached in college. I've gone through that process of, you know, having relationships with players and game planning. And, uh, you know, I work in finance. I don't know how much mutual funds have really prepared me for this job. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a people business, and, you know, it's a way of developing relationships with uh, people in, in different industries. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we've all kind of gone through different ways to, to get here, and certainly over the last 15 years of, you know, have my hand in pro scouting, college scouting, and, and some operations. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Uh -huh. Thanks.